I said that Kirby's mouth is technically a cloaca. That is different. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Let me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how we are just mere days away from seeing Modoc's big old swollen head and tiny flailing man arms on the big screen. And, you know, that's a 2023 we can all cheer on. Okay, real quick. We don't know that we get a big swollen head yet. Yeah, we, we don't know do. that we get a big swollen it's head. It's in the trailer. We saw, yeah. we see the big Is swollen Is it swollen? Head. Yes. Oh, okay. baby, it's fat. Okay, so I don't. Okay, fat. okay. I don't want to talk about this, but I want to talk about it real quick. I did see something. Do you guys put any validity in the theory that that is Yellow Jacket? It is. It's the same. Yeah, actor. it's Corey Stoll. Oh, okay. It's is Corey that Stoll. that's Corey yeah. Stoll? Yeah, just okay, that's cool. I love that. Yeah, man. That is really good. Okay, we can move on, dude. If you would have told me in 2008 when Iron Man came out that like we're gonna get the guy <laughs> that looks like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in this movie. <laughs> I never would have believed you. <laughs> We've come a long way. Well, hey, listeners, it's Valentine's Day here at Debate This Headquarters, and love is in the air. <laughs> we slowly find ourselves shaking the frigid cold of winter for the hopefully optimistic and warmth of spring. No longer are we receiving calls for replacing main characters or, or presenting bad video game peripherals. No, we're all about the love here. We're turning over a new leaf. We're doing it differently. <laughs> new year, new us. You know, 2023 will be the year of love. This year, we're going to try. <laughs> 2023 will be the year of love. And so that is why the execs have called you all in here today. A different team that we normally than what we normally call in, I guess. Sure. We're going to fix video games. And we're going to do it oh, with the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do it with the best weapon we have in our arsenal. A the romance power option. Friendship. The power oh. of friendship. No, close, though, a romance option. Oh. That's right. Today, I'm asking each of you to take a boss encounter and turn it into a romance option. Because that's what Valentine's Day is all about, you know? It, is it? <laughs> okay. Sure? It's something. I think Valentine's Day is mostly about consumerism, if we're going to be honest about it. Hearing only positive affirmation here, this request is going to take a special kind of touch, I think, to get right. So I've invited Andrew Arcade Gannon Henderson. Nice. Matt, the Grim Reaper from The Sims Cole. Okay. Kyle Harvey Harper. That's what they call me. <laughs> right. <laughs> to get down and dirty on this one. And, you know, since this is such a specific project... I've called in an expert. That's right. Joining us today in this brainstorming session is an expert of all things relationships in video games. We have Genesis Valeria, the girl who gave the most efficient overview of the broken history of sex in video games at a conference of nerds, <laughs> aka Genesis of Two Girls One Ship podcast. We were fortunate enough to just like cross paths with Genesis at PRGE, and we're also fortunate enough that she was kind enough to let andrew get weird with her on her show lately so genesis welcome to it the was show. a very nice thing 
Hi, I'm very, very excited to be here. And it's also weird that I've romanced Matt's middle name. So I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> hey, hey, whomstamonga hasn't has romanced Matt's middle name. I'll unpack that in therapy right. this weekend. But first, you can romance the Grim Reaper in The Sims. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. least shocking thing that like Todd threw out in the opening of this show like of course you I can you. of course you can romance the grim reaper in the sims it's the sims have you played that game yeah i've played one sims game in my whole life and it was 15 years ago kyle oh no he's just like an npc character right well i mean no he can move into your house and you can definitely woohoo with him and everything that's so i ended hard. up having santa claus's baby at one point like oh. that's how weird the sims gets now so it is just fan fiction what, what an incredible sentence. sentence that was <laughs> yeah all four of your middle names are romance options the best ones that i could think up off the top of my head arcade ganon from fallout new the vegas only four. <laughs> yeah, the only four the only four uh, Arcade Ganon from Fallout New Vegas, obviously Grim Reaper from The Sims, Harvey, who is the best romance option from Stardew Valley, uh, and uh, then uh, uh, Valeria is the the dagger from Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. I did romance her too. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good pull on Boyfriend Dungeon. That's a, that was a fun game. Yeah, I think they did an expansion. I think there's more weapons. There's more boyfriends to dungeon with. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. <laughs> Two boyfriends, two dungeons. <laughs> uh, Genesis, we're thrilled that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're doing? Oh, yes, I am Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. Oh, I am one half of the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. My partner, Vervada, and I focus on character and romance analysis. And I don't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. And V covers the deep emotional connections between the two characters. We use specific in-game dialogue and audio clips that really bring the story to life, enhancing all of your romance experiences. Sorry, I went into my like sexy, it was sexy really good. gen voice on that one. It's, no, it's listen, not inappropriate it's for this episode. Yeah. This is going to be one of those weird episodes that when my mom is like, so I listen to the podcast, I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. Yeah, you're not going to be able to look your mom in the eye for a couple days after oh, this comes Kyle, out. Oh, Kyle, it's been 15 years. I've, I've years. looked my mom in the eye since I played a Sims game, Kyle. <laughs> Matt's mom, I'm sorry. Since we all collectively had Santa's baby. <laughs> I Yeah, having seen uh, two girls, oh. one ship do the live show at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, like... Ever since then, came up right afterwards, met you all, uh, thrilled that we could connect here. This is definitely a topic that I think you probably have a bit more experience than the rest of us in and have something to say, and I'm excited to get weird with you together. I know you do I don't know, Todd. You talked well. about You talked about romancing a bass, a bass It fish. wasn't a bass. It was a bass fisher, to be fair. Uh, okay. Oh, it was a fisherman. Fisher, did he really not talk about the fish? I think he talked about the fish. Uh, time out. I remember what I did. It was episode 69. <laughs> nice. And I turned a bass pro fishing uh, game into a romance game. And you could romance people in the town. You could also romance the ancient spirit that yes. lived at the bottom of the lake. Gahahuntega. I was and right. So I, <laughs> I stand by it. I don't. It's a little bit more complicated. Anyway, that's not the point right now. Uh, Genesis, you also have another show that you're part of. 
Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, it is the Cyberpunk Lorecast, uh, where my co-host mm. Toasty and I explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. So we talk about the tabletop role-playing game. We talk about the video game. We talk about like the Edge Runner Netflix series. Oh, cool. All of it combined all together. Nice. That's rad. You're just on podcasts that are collecting cool first names. It's very interesting. Like Toasty, Bravada, and Genesis is really quite the troop. You mean that's not as good as Matt and Kyle? No, Todd, it's not even remotely close to the four whitest names you can think of. Yeah, these are, our names are pretty white, pretty terrible. A anyway, um, Genesis, we are thrilled to have you here today. Welcome to Debate This Headquarters. Uh, make sure before you leave, don't forget to get your parking validated. Ooh. It is canon that we have both zombies and s zombie superheroes. Is that right? Yep. Are we still on site? That I'm not sure. I think that's a whole division or a room or both. We just painted that floor off. Great. We don't use that floor anymore. Anyway. Oh, was the most recent episode the one where the zombie one and you guys were talking about how you ran through the mall and what weapon you were going to use? That was recent. Oh, I think that, that was, was really good. I can't remember if if that's in the canon of we have zombies at the headquarters or not. Frankly, somebody needs to make a wiki. It's not going to be me because I don't have that kind of energy. If somebody out there wants to make a wiki, I'll read it. Anyway, <laughs> the infrastructure of debate this headquarters is questionable at best. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It has not passed OSHA regulations. We have about as much continuity as the early episodes of The Simpsons do. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that I had it in my head that I was yelling at you boys. I will come on this show and I will debate this right now that if you are in Oregon, it is pronounced Willamette. It's Willamette, oh! damn it. Wow. Okay. Willamette. Yes! But, All right. Yes! But. What, Andrew? Hold your happiness because I'm right. about to rain on your parade. All right. Yes. In <laughs> the me. video game that you were referencing to, it is not the Willamette in Oregon. Mm -hmm. It's actually in the center, some central state, and they call that the Willamette, Willamette Mall. All right. Mm. So ah. fine. I'm still taking my my W. So we're all right <laughs> together. Yes. And wrong together at the same yes. time. Well. Well, hey, we, we are here to do some business. Let's get down to business. We need to think outside of the box, everyone. We've got this this deep bench of boss battles, obviously, from all these video games. But today, <laughs> the only weapon that we need is Cupid's arrow. Why don't you go ahead and share with us, each one of you, uh, what boss battle you're turning into a romance option here today. So, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Boy, I would love to. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, everyone. Todd. <laughs> It takes a bold man to attempt to destroy the world by merging his conscious with a massive flying space whale. But Todd, Seymour Guado is more than just a man. You see, Seymour is introduced early on in Final Fantasy X. That's right, kids. We're doing Final Fantasy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Strap the fuck in. Seymour is introduced early on in Final Fantasy X as one of the Maesters of Yevon, which is one of the few high-ranking leaders of Spira's only organized religion and also only system of government. So he's a pope king or a, a a bishop governor. Doesn't matter. A god king. Yeah. Not yet. We'll get there. <laughs> well, wait. But as the story deepens and Seymour's intentions become clear, it's revealed that he is slowly dismantling the theocracy from the inside in a push to become a god king. Ah. And of course, drive Spira, the world there, into a total annihilation, et cetera, et cetera. A little backstory. 
Seymour is the only offspring of recently deceased Guado leader Jiskel Guado, a name that you frankly never need to hear again or care about, as well as unnamed human woman. So he is the first half-human, half-Guado in the royal line of Guado. <laughs> All of this doesn't is incredibly needless because... There are like 15 Guado in the whole game, and they all live in this one village named Guado Salam. That's just like a bunch of holes dug out in a cave. Also, they all have the last name Guado, like they're Smurfs, <laughs> which I find really fun. Is there Sleepy Guado and and Worker Guado? And Papa Guado. Guadoette. Guadoette. I mean, okay, you're not far off. Those are the NPC Blitzball players that you can, you can recruit Great. later. Sure. They're just like, yeah, like Furry Guado. Harry Guado. Anyway, it's revealed early on, once you get to Guadalajara, that Seymour murdered his father to take his seat as a master of Yevon. And we know that Seymour is bad news because every time he appears on screen, you hear this iconic, sinister theme song. And it's like, you know, it's all, it's all minor key, right? Now, obviously, Seymour is a Final Fantasy big bad. Duh. But what makes Seymour different from other Final Fantasy big bads is that he doesn't just start out as a god that we murder using the power of friendship. Rather than throughout the game, you kind of follow him along on his natural journey from a simple religious leader to a fully realized glam rock zombie power ranger with sentient crab hand who's flying or riding a flying <laughs> organic Gundam. Oh, that, that you know. line. Yeah, that, that through line. That old trope. Go look up a picture of Seymour, Seymour Nautilus and Seymour Flux and tell me that I am not spot on. I'll wait. I'll be How here. How do I spell this Final Fantasy? S-E-Y-M-O-R-E. S-E-Y-M-O-R-E. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Huh. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So Seymour throughout the game defies death the first time that he gets straight up murdered by Yuna and her party members because you just murder this man in cold blood. And then he comes back bigger, badder, and chock full of ghost powers three more times. That's right. You, fo- you fight Seymour four times throughout the story of Final Fantasy X. Each time you fight him, he is descending deeper and deeper into his obsession with becoming one with the giant space whale, Sin. We've talked about Sin before a we long, long time ago. Sin. It's a big, scary space whale. Now, before we talk about Seymour, the death god, we have to talk more about Seymour, the man. And... <laughs> This half man, half guado just oozes sexuality. Can confirm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> don't don't support him. Yeah, he don't is help on his him own in this island. Space. Don't help him. No, this island is is chock full of ghost powers. Seymour's vibe can only be described as orgy chic, <laughs> as he is constantly wearing nothing but a long purple robe that's open wide enough to reveal his tattooed chest and shapely gut layered with kind of various wispy hairs because this is the ps2 era so you can't really tell if they were like trying to make muscles or just like weird hairs they look like homer simpson hairs i'm just gonna go ahead and i'm gonna do you all a favor and just get that a favor yeah get that good good a crime gonna do everybody a crime image in here i'm right that andrew a minute ago said Orgy chic. Orgy, orgy chic. chic. Is, yes. 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 I, I would yeah. like to direct everyone's attention to this big purple robe that is constantly mostly open. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. He looks like he raided Hugh Hefner's closet. 
Yeah. yeah. So for listeners who can't see, you should go image search this boy. But if you can't see, he's got so he's got this purple robe and, and it, like again, it's it's mostly open. You can see a long necklace running down from his, his neck to his open navel, which hides <laughs> an exposed belly button that is not there, but is very implied. Right, like there is no belly button. I want to be clear: there is no belly button, but you know it's there. The game wants you to think about his. The PS two didn't have the capability to render That's a, correct, Kyle. a belly yeah, button. Yeah, they, right. they Kyle X Y'd him because of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. They Kyle X Y'd him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, I also would like to direct your attention to that big old meaty claw, yeah. because this is a, a key feature of the Guado. Now, to this point, you might be like, "What's a Guado?" Well, I'll answer you, dear <laughs> listener. A guado is mostly a human, except for the fact that they're, uh, they've got mole claws for hands. Oh. Why? Yeah. It, it, is okay, that an, an evolutionary divergence? Do they, is it evolutionary divergence, or did they just have trouble rendering rounded fingertips <laughs> as they went, mm, claws? <laughs> no, there are plenty of humans with normal human hands. It's just that guados, for whatever reason, have big, dumpy mole hands. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, yeah. So you can see, uh, you can see these razor thin fingertips uh, kind of poking out of his his big greasy robe now we see seymour's ice blue hair these like kind of strands of hair sheaths if you will of this of this hair rest atop his head like folded bat wings because they're just these like these kind of tufts of hair that just come out and like like little lightning bolts yeah he's got that that anime antagonist Mm -hmm. hair that you can only achieve by like spending five hours every day to yep. style your hair before you go commit, I guess, genocide? Is it yeah, a, it's genocide a genocide he does? Yes, it's yeah, absolutely sure. a genocide. Mm, now, yes. now, you all might take one look at this eligible bachelor and think, ew, but I believe... It is what I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe you will all change your tune once this lecherous Lothario jams his tongue down your neck as part of a non-consensual wedding in front of all his weird church buddies atop their sky chapel. Is that a thing that actually happens in this... Genesis is nodding to to confirm that this is a thing that happens. (laughs) Andrew's not alone in uh, defending Final Fantasy anymore. Yeah. Somebody else gets me. That's upsetting. It is upsetting. (laughs) I've got a lore question, Andrew. No, Todd, don't. It's not (laughs) worth it, I'm sorry, I have to. Andrew, didn't I send Seymour to hell when I was defeating your your schoolyard bully with with the anima summon? Wasn't that part of the deal? Didn't I damn Seymour to hell? It's very possible. Seymour's already dead is the thing. Uh, so oh. yeah, that's kind of like his whole thing is that he's he's a zombie anyway. So so what I'm hearing is yeah. in the lore of our show, we let this man onto school grounds somehow. That happened. Well, I think I think I had to I had to damn him to hell to summon Anima when mm-hmm. we were all pretending to be Andrew's dad to beat up his schoolyard bully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That tracks. That's episode 60, listeners. I listened to that one last week. Anyway, do you have anything else to say about Seymour? Can no, I move that's, on? that's Seymour. He's gross. Let's oh, move thank on. God. Okay. <laughs> Matt, um, what? what's the question? Yeah, what boss battle are <laughs> you turning into a romance option today? Well, Todd, everyone here, look, it's no secret to anybody who's listened to this podcast before. My gaming preferences are unique. Overwatch 2. <laughs> Anyway, I haven't played many <laughs> RPGs. I've certainly watched plenty of long plays in my day, but honestly, my experience with games that feature unique boss fights is minimal at best. Most of the final boss knowledge I do have comes from 
heavily licensed first-person shooters and the assortment of fighting game campaigns I've soloed my way through. Luckily, that nerd Masahiro Sakurai was able to pull a fast one on me back in 2008 with Super Smash Bros. Brawl and the greatest story made that we don't talk about enough, the subspace emissary. And so today, friends, I plan to embark upon the adventure that is romancing our iridescent, smooth, subspace sad boy, Taboo, from Super Smash Bros. Brawl. This is good alliteration. I am copying an image to post. Taboo's the big floating purple. Or blue, He's like a blue. energy yeah. being. Yeah. Oh. Energy deity. Yeah. It's just a, a man. <laughs> it's a man. Taboo looks like a poster from Spencer's Gifts in 2003. Taboo looks like a butterfly version of Dr. Manhattan. Yes, these are all jokes mm -hmm. you can make, but imagine... He's, he's my favorite Tool album. <laughs> yeah, imagine instead of making jokes, you made love. See, Taboo <laughs> is just looking for companionship. That is the whole story of Subspace Emissary, which, believe me, has a lot more lore and a lot more cutscenes than you think. And I consumed all of it today. And this weird, iridescent, smooth, sad boy just wants to bring the people that he can't interact with closer to him. He's not a bad person. He's just lonely. And so imagine <laughs> instead of fighting your way through a giant maze to leave him crippled wingless and ready to evaporate into the sun, which is what happens at the end of that game, imagine making your way through the maze of his heart to be the one fighter left to capture his hopes and dreams and bring love to the subspace emissary. Wouldn't that be fun? I love that you went the romantic route on this. Like, I actually feel I want to fall in love with this character now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to get weird today. Yeah. A little different than Andrew's uh, Seymour's going to shove his tongue down your throat. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Definitely uh -huh. different. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely a different energy. Sure. Decidedly a different energy. Intentionally a different energy. I think this is just worse Watchmen, though. I think it's worse Watchmen. No, it's not. It's different Watchmen. Does this boy not have a face? He doesn't really. I can give you another picture. Of Do Taboo. they not have a face? He does. He is he. I <laughs> determined today. I don't know why other than that English translations need to gender things. It's true, okay. true, true. Okay. Oh. Um, that's as much of a face you get. Yeah, okay. There's a Got face. a defined brow. Yeah. Uh, a distinguished nose, a very defined brow. He's a very, he's a, a very Etruvian-looking man, if you will. He's he's <laughs> he's, uh, he's much more w wizened, and uh, he's seen the seen the error, the folly of man <laughs> in the <this> second <laughs> image. You know, iridescent, smooth, subspace, sad boy. He is. Yeah. Okay. You, you can't tell me I'm wrong. I cannot. You're gonna fall in love with him in this game that I am pitching to you today, Todd. This explains so much. This explains why the other day when, when you all were over that I saw, Matt, you bend over to pick something up and I saw a peak of a lower back tattoo and I now see it's the wings <laughs> on Taboo. That was the Holy image that shit. I had seen. What an incredible um, tramp stamp that would be. That would actually be... Can we just be, hold the phone for a minute? That would be a phenomenal tramp stamp. That would be... That's really good. Like, the combo of a deep cut and, like... 
the four layers of irony i think it's through like that would be a legitimately good tattoo yeah i want to move away from that thought though that i've said no kyle, we're gonna stay what did here you, what, no kyle what did you bring us today uh what what boss oh, encounter you want, are you turning you want to move away from from that to this I saw, okay i saw your notes i know what we're doing todd the boss battle <laughs> i have for you today is the boss battle that has been the romance in front of our eyes the entire time let me set the background for you I give you the tale of a blue-collar man from an immigrant family who goes on a (laughs) long journey to find himself. A man who travels through strange and distant lands, takes mind-altering mushrooms, and really learns about who he is and where he stands in the world. Um, He meets some interesting people, one of whom is a uh, flamboyant noble from a foreign country who uh, guides him through this journey almost. A man whose princess is always in another castle, if you will. <laughs> Todd, I'm talking about Mario and Bowser. Yeah, yeah we, oh. we got it. Yeah, <laughs> This is a, a journey, a relationship that blossoms in front of our eyes. In this, Mario is a man who doesn't know about himself, doesn't know the, the urges he's feeling. He can't explain them. But this powerful King Koopa is going to help him uncover those feelings, Todd. Now, Kyle... When I offered this option up and I said, mm-hmm. we're going to do, we're going to now, when I said, we're going to have a really nice guest on today and talk about this really fun thing. You had so many options. Todd, this is a beautiful story. Why are you doing this? This is a beautiful okay. story. And I need you to open your mind and not be such a bigot. Okay. I, I actually, am, yeah, same Todd, really grow up. Yeah, okay, um, I'm, dude, this is a progressive podcast. Yeah. Okay. I'm frankly actually kind of interested in where Kyle goes with this. I don't have a lot of faith in Kyle to be clear, but I'm, yeah. I'm I am curious in, in where he takes this. Yeah. I do want to say that if mine is worse Watchmen, yours is definitely just worse Brokeback Mountain. Like that's, that's what you described here today. There was a version of this that that was more Brokeback Mountain than it is, Matt. Oh, no. So. <laughs> it's already a lot. Now I'm just imagining Mario and Bowser in cowboy hats in a tent sitting really close together. I think you've just described Mario Odyssey. <laughs> is that what that no. is? I mean, I guess it's, it's all There's hats. There's no tents in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> There's a lot of cowboy hats. There's a lot of cowboy hats. There is a non-zero amount of cowboy okay. hats. Okay. I'm moving on. Genesis, once again, thank you for being part of this weird thing that we do. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've brought today? What boss battle are you turning into a romance option? Uh, the first joke that popped into my head was that if Bowser and Mario are about to get it on, somebody's back is definitely getting broken. <laughs> but I Boom. will move on to... Perfect. The top is not who you expect. Ooh, very interesting. <laughs> oh, Everyone disliked that, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will continue the weird trend because here we go. In a time where humans are finding their footing in the galactic space, one human is elevated to the highest standard, the Special Tactics and Reconnaissance Unit. Commander Shepard is going to save the world, the galaxy, nay, (laughs) the universe, by teaming up with the best of the best of the best. For those of you unfamiliar, and because we all know that Matt has never played an RPG, it's true. In Mass Effect, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Mass Effect One, the first big bad evil of the game is a rogue Spectre agent named Saren Arteris. 
He is a Turian who, unbeknownst to the player at this point, has been indoctrinated by an ancient alien race known as the Reapers. Throughout the course of the game, he further deteriorates in mental status and is more and more under their mind control. So, today, for the DT triple exclamation point HQ boys. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. I will be arguing that we could save the Milky Way by Commander Shepard taking one for the team and banging a Turian. I'll assume that most of you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but I'll be providing context for those of you and your listeners who may be unfamiliar, because we know that explaining a game that hundreds of thousands of people have played is a key part of Debate This. It's true. It sure is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Call it out. Turians are an avian-adjacent species, but no feathers. They aren't exactly space chickens, more like velociraptors. They do walk upright on two legs and have a vocal flange to their voice that honestly ticks the sexy scale up even higher. The most popular Turian is Garrus Vicarian. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. I see. I'm back. I get how we got here now. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, really, really hates Saren. Saren starts the game in a place of power. He's been a specter for many years, and it allows him free reign to travel across the galaxy unimpeded and without restriction. He's the big bad in Mass Effect 1 because he can get into areas of the Citadel and activate the faster-than-light speed travel mechanism that directly takes the Reapers from their deep space slumber into the Milky Way galaxy. The aim of the missions in the game is to stop him from activating that relay. But there is a key moment... A very key moment where the power of pussy could take control instead. <laughs> or even a really good dicking down. I've said it before. Why would an alien care if you have a vagina? A cloaca is a cloaca. That's what they say. Specifically, that that's what Turians hands say. down the most cursed sentence to ever be said on this podcast. I'm planting my it, flag that I, a cloaca is a cloaca is... That's it. That's the one. I'm not unconvinced that hasn't been said on this show before. I was going to say, I'm uh, yeah. I'm 80% sure Todd has said a cloaca is a no. cloaca before on no, this no, podcast. No, 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 no. I'm literally going to say no. it in like 20 minutes from now, too. No, I said that Kirby's mouth is technically a cloaca. That is different. Uh, that is different. God, this man, it's not better, but it's different. <laughs> this man also oozes sexuality. <laughs> Anything else there? <laughs> oh, I have a lot more to discuss, but that's for prompt number two. Oh my god. Okay. This is um wonderful. You invited me I've here for the know, horny no, show. I'm it's oh, not about did. this no. isn't you you did nothing wrong. You I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Y yes. This is all us. Um I want to say that Saren looks like has got sugar daddy vibes. I'll throw it out. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's definitely been in his position of power for like 20ish years now. So he's built up his bank account. He can afford. Oh, yeah. He'll demean and belittle you in a way that Garrus will not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cannot, frankly. Yeah. Not equipped to do. You guys have been very apparent that you don't kick shame on this show. So if belittling is your thing, yeah. Saren's your man. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Apparently, the only kind of kink shame that, that we'll even toy with is if you say a cloaca is a cloaca. That's where apparently some of us That's have our, some it's lines. It's a little weird for me. I'm not going to lie. It just is. It's a little weird. I would like to move on for so many reasons. <laughs> so uh, boss battles typically, you know, they involve attacks, quick time events or or something of the like. 
But today, stomping on heads, not unless it's consensual. No throwing <laughs> fists, you know, unless you're into that sort of thing. Hitting the pulsating red spot, well, that last one might be fine. <laughs> Tell us today how sucks. your romance sucks option so plays out, you know, versus what it would have been in the normal game. There, Andrew, a, why don't you go ahead? There's a, because, nope, we do this, because we do this in a video chat, there's a particular smirk that Todd gives <laughs> when, he, like, when he's about to give an especially bad pun that he just yeah. is so proud of himself. It's my whole thing. And you can just, yeah, you can just tell, you can read it a mile he's away. So smudge. Yeah. So smudge. <laughs> So, Todd, in, in 2009, Game Informer reported something that many of us who played Final Fantasy X already knew, and that was, of course, Final Fantasy X's protagonists, Titus and Yuna, are gaming's best couple, unequivocally, without question, which Genesis and I covered in depth on, <laughs> on her show a couple Wait, weeks ago. Wait, did Game ago. Informer actually report that? They sure did. Yes. Wow, yeah. that's bold. Yep. Titus and Yuna, gaming's best couple in, 20, in 2009 <laughs> for a game that was, at the time, eight years old. Nice. <laughs> Wow. So to be clear, we're not messing any of that up, right? Instead, I propose we do here what fantasy novels have been doing for years, I assume, which is to turn that couple into a thruple. Oh. oh. Nope, you lost me. I'm out. No. Nope. <laughs> Wait, oh, okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me get you there. Let me get you there. Okay. So the game is mostly unchanged up until the point at which the gang arrives at Guado Salon. So everything before that beats the same. Titus gets sucked into a space whale's cloaca, ding, and winds mm -hmm. up on a small island paradise 1,000 years into the future, whose seven or eight residents include a manic pixie Pokemon trainer, an actual goth witch, the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz, and a racist professional soccer player who has never won a game. This is Final Fantasy X. They hit a few Pokemon gyms along the way to the big city of Luka, where they fight some mechs and lose at a soccer tournament. After the tournament, they run through two dozen random battles to enlist in a military operation to fire a big cannon at the big space whale. Turns out those cannons aren't powerful enough to take down the space whale and everybody but the main cast is destroyed by space whale cloaca because a cloaca is a cloaca. They dip out of that gravesite and Yuna gets a new electrotype Pokemon at the electric gym and then they cross the lake by riding a Loch Ness monster. Okay, so we finally find our heroes at the city of Guado Salam. If you've played Final Fantasy X, challenge me on any one of those points, please. The only person that can't, oh, I mean, I played it enough, mm -hmm. but I only to ignore family that year. The only person that can is, mm -hmm. is Genesis, and maybe she's mm -hmm. too nice to tell you you're wrong. I mean, he's not wrong. Perfect. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> and we'll continue. <laughs> 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 so we get we we find our heroes at the city of guado salam home of the guado and the closest physical connection point to the far plane which is the afterlife of this world there they're summoned to meet with maester seymour in his private chambers and during this meeting seymour whispers something inaudible into yuna's ear and she like freaks out and this is there's this whole kind of scene that plays out all the while in the background we hear nah, nah, nah. um so we know that something's this this dude ain't right so Yuna reveals later that Seymour asked her to marry him in an incredibly uncomfortable way, with the idea being this is going to be some like political show for the people of Spira. It's also important to note that he's got some weird sexual fixation around the summoner who first exploded the big bad space whale 1,000 years ago. Her name is Yuna Leska. Yuna is named after her. So Seymour wants to recreate the pairing of Unaleska and her knight husband Zeon. Again, these names don't matter. We're moving on. Now, in the original game, Yuna is obviously creeped out by this weirdo, 
and ultimately decides to go along with this marriage as a ploy to murder him for killing his father, et cetera, et cetera. However, this time, the big change is when Yuna comes back and tells Titus and Riku that what's happened, Yuna walks back over to Seymour, and then we cut to Titus, and he says, hey, wait a minute. And then the camera zooms in on Titus, and he says his iconic line, this is our story. And then the love theme that plays is playing, and the three share one glorious three-way smooch, and they fall in love. Write that in there. Awesome. <laughs> and it's all happy. Na, 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 the minor na, key is a major key now. And- yeah. But what's this is going to change, this is going to change the trajectory of the entire game. Normally, in the base game, you would have a boss fight at this time where you murder Seymour in front of his surrogate father. Well, we're not going to do that because Seymour is one of the good guys now. And he's in a throuple because it was revealed that apparently all it took was the power of love and friendship and love, then also friendship. <laughs> I know for a fact, perhaps the first and the last three-way kiss that happened on TV was yep. like MTV Spring Break 2003 when sure. they would just like pay people to do it on TV. <laughs> and this definitely has the same energy in my mind. I will tell you're you. You're going to say it's better and I'm not. It's 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 only better than the kiss that actually happens, which is the scene in the, the wedding when they crash the wedding in Bavel in the Sky Chapel, which is what I mentioned earlier where Seymour earlier. jams his tongue down Yuna's throat and it's really uncomfortable. So it's better it's than that. Better than. It's better than that. Matt looks so lost and upset right now. It's just noun soup. He doesn't know what it was just said, but Matt, he knows I think you're he doing disapproves great. of it. I think you're doing great, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. You're I welcome. appreciate it. I thanks want <laughs> to move away from the triple kiss. Me too. Um, you put you put the word thruple in the note. I saw it coming it right before it you did. said it, and it just it's menacing to look at. It doesn't have to be. It can be wholesome. I gotta say, I don't have any data to back this up. I feel like not many thruples are triple kissing. I feel like that's not a thing <laughs> well, thruples do. Well, this is one time, Kyle, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have to save time because Genesis has our hand. The cutscene budget is only so much. Yes, Genesis. As a resident sexpert, I do have a lot of thoughts and feelings on thruples and three-way kisses, but then Mm -hmm. I have to explain the whole difference between a polyamorous relationship and polycules and who gets to Mm -hmm. date who, but that's a tangent for another day. We'll save that for the post-show. What? Okay. What if one of the three of the triangle was a half-mole person? Does that change anything, yes or no? No, because you can Perfect. date a furry and have the rules still be the same. Okay, well, that's fair. Seems really, really fair. Matt, I want to move <laughs> on to you for many reasons. Yeah, tell us how this plays out. What does this look like? Okay, so, unfortunately, like Andrew, I feel like I need to give you at least a little backstory about what we're doing here. Why? Because Subspace Emissary is the campaign story mode of, like, the second least popular Super Smash Brothers game. I assume people are not super familiar with the story. Okay, long story (laughs) short, there's this place called Subspace. Doesn't matter why, but it exists. It's a different universe. And Subspace is embodied by this shiny boy named Taboo, who we talked about in the last question, and we'll talk about again very soon. So, for whatever reason, Taboo can't leave the subspace zone 
Why is never stated. He just can't. He can't. That's where he exists. But he wants companionship because he's lonely because it's just him in subspace. And so he's like, I'm going to go find me some friends and invite them to my subspace that I can't leave because I'm under subspace arrest. And so seems nice. <laughs> yeah, right. He brings all of his friends. He does a battle world. He does, he a, does battle a battle world. world. Kyle, Kyle, you got it. He does a battle. <laughs> Great world. job. So thanks, buddy. Kyle gets it. Kyle gets it. Let me add to the notes. Does a battle world. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> he brings everybody together in subspace, which in the game is like kind of not great because he destroys the world while he does it. And he convinces Ganondorf, Wario, and Bowser because they're the bad guys in that game to like the turn everybody else into statues because apparently in Super Smash Brothers lore and much like what Andrew said, this is game canon. You can't be mad. In Super <laughs> Smash Brothers lore, subspace is concentrated primordial energy. And that concentrated primordial, Obviously. right, as one does, mm -hmm. that yeah, concentrated primordial energy comes from the body of Mr. Game & Watch. Now, in this <laughs> world, Mr. Game & Watch is not like one person. It's a, it's a species. He there is are legion. Many, there are Mr. Much Games like the Guado. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's Mr. Game & Watch, the, the Guado of the... Nintendo canon. Anyway, so... It's this primordial ooze made of Mr. Game & Watch. And for whatever reason, you can condense somebody down to their primordial ooze if they are turned into a statue. Again, this is game canon. So, <laughs> in the game, Taboo's like big scary power is he can flap his butterfly wings and it turns characters into statues which he can then melt down to siphon off their primordial goo, creating more subspace and more. Matt, this is, this is worse Phyrexians. Kyle, I knew These it. are I worse Phyrexians. We're there. We're right I really there. Vibe so anyway. I hate this. <laughs> In this new game, you, and know, watch. you get to the final. Oh, sorry. Let me finish. Good. You hit me with Game & Watch and it derailed my thought. <laughs> Anyway, what is going on? <laughs> you get to the final battle, and Taboo turns people into statues when his butterfly wings flap, and they're like, oh shit, how are we going to be Taboo? And in comes Sonic and cuts off Taboo's wings. It's game canon. Yep. Game canon. Bet you're wondering. It was in I his contract here. that he had to. <laughs> and so now Taboo can't turn anybody into statues anymore. And in the main game, that's where the big fight begins. But, Todd, this is a romance game. Mm -hmm. And we're here to romance Taboo. We're not here to defeat him. And so what the player goes into now, as opposed to your traditional boss battle against Taboo, which is really difficult, you are actually going to be assisting with the creation of Taboo Goo in a different way by posing <sighs> as statues. And it's going to be a, a number of quick time events to hold different poses to impress Taboo, at the end of which he will pick his favorite, are you proposing a mini game where you strike sexy poses to arouse this trapped primordial man? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You nailed it, Kyle. That's exactly what I'm proposing. Just making, just 
getting that cool. getting that clear. <laughs> I, I, uh, okay, so the last time that quick time events were used in a romance scene that I can recall was a God of War. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Was it the yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that one? Uh -huh, yeah. And, yeah. Listen, yeah. I know we're we're primed for a real press F to pay respects kind of moment. I get that. <laughs> sure. We're, we'll work with the developers. I know. I know that we're not going to fall into any traps here. At the risk of making Matt's argument for him, I do no, don't. feel as though I need to share. So I searched for subspace when Matt said. Oh yeah, subspace is this thing that only exists in Smash Bros. Brawl, and it's like this weird inky goo. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> so I googled subspace. Subspace has a couple meanings because, of course, it does. It is interesting, and I did not know this ahead of time, but I do want to share that subspace apparently is actually a state of mind in the BDSM world. Specifically, it is essentially nirvana for the submissive in the subdom relationship so subspace is a state of mind that a submissive can and tr attempts to achieve during matt imagine how much better your answer could have yeah. been if you did any research all you needed to do is google it once my man dude i have <laughs> he's so mad i have super smash brothers wiki.com slash subspace open on my other screen right now i googled it a bunch well, you said this yeah, subspace. you need to google it with safe search off man yeah That's i don't i don't yeah. think the super smash bros wiki is gonna include you gotta, this, you gotta this little subspace. nugget of information how was i to know how how was i to know that i needed to take the words super smash brothers brawl <laughs> off of my search query how was i to know it's okay. This is incredible. We all we all make mistakes. I'm still getting over the fact that two minutes ago when you said you're gonna get goo out of this this Doctor Manhattan Flappy Man, yeah, taboo. That, no, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> there's that. I cringed and I, I looked at the video called Genesis. You like braced for impact of whatever whatever he was about to say. We all had a little visual something of like, what are these words and how do they hit us? Yeah, taboo goo. So just for the listener, they understand that it's spelled T-A-B-U-U. -U, but I keep hearing the word taboo as in like, yeah. don't against don't the rules. That. And yeah. then Andrew yeah. hits me with getting into subspace. And I'm like, yeah, taboo subspace is not a good place to be. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> it is certainly a category. But what I am here to say is that we are creating a game in which taboo goo will be a some sort of resource that you have to manage. And also, now that Andrew has turned me on to the definition of subspace, I am going to talk a lot about the chains of light that taboo has in following questions. So thank you, Andrew. Ooh. I remember 45 minutes ago when I hadn't heard any of these things. <laughs> And I wish for a simpler time. Matt, I have a lore question. Hit me, Kyle. Can I logic out through the transitive property then that every Mr. Game & Watch is taboo come? Okay. Anthropomorphized? Same question. So that's a really interesting question. And I think <laughs> no, it's kind not. Of into the like, chicken egg theory here. Because... Yeah. Well, a cloaca way, is a cloaca after a all. A cloaca is a cloaca. <laughs> The way that the wiki reads, 
makes it sound like subspace only exists because of the primordial goo found within Game and Watch. Is Game and Watches? Games and Watch? Games and Watch. Are it's you like telling General. me Taboo is trapped in a world of his come? Maybe. Matt. Matt literally just told you we're trying to figure out which came first, Kyle. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know if Todd this knows what terrible. he did. I know what I did. He knows I would like did. to move on. Kyle, please. I'm so sweaty. Yeah, Kyle, sa- save us from this or whatever. <laughs> I'm swimming from one deep end of the pool to a different, somehow worse deep end of the pool. Slightly All right. warmer. And what's end. that pool filled of? Uh, it's not. Genesis, no. Tab- taboo goo, apparently. Yeah. Is the goo spelled with two U's as well? Yes. It sure is. Yeah. It right. is now. <laughs> Not Sorry, to be confused ahead. with the stuff you you have while you're running. That's just one U. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, you're, yeah. All right. So before I go into how this uh, romantic boss battle uh, plays out, could someone, we all know it, someone please describe the Bowser boss battle in the first Super Mario Bros. Please. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Oh, bite! You jump over Bowser and uh, you hit the axe. Is that what you're? Is that what you're going for? You yeah, touch the axe that is what I'm the, going for. Drop the bridge. For. Perfect. Yeah. Happy Thank you. I'm very pleased to say that the romantic version of this boss battle plays out a lot in the same way. So let me set the scene for you. Mario walks in. He has navigated Bowser's castle, his manor, if you will. He has found his way all the way into the depths of Bowser's dungeon. There's candlelight on the walls, sconces all around. There's the the warm glow of the lava nearby. Mario walks up to Bowser. Ah, just just the man I was looking for. Nah, Bowser (laughs) responds to him. Mario, isn't your princess in another castle? Mario leans in close. No, he's right here. Lays a big old smooch on him. Nice. And... Plays out the, re- the the way you think it does, judging by the looks on your faces right now. Mario jumps over Bowser, grabs an item, an object off the wall, and uses it to cover Bowser in hot, viscous liquid. We'll leave it at that. And <laughs> you have romanced Bowser. It's the lava, right? The lava from the dungeon the levels? That's sure. the liquid you're it's, talking it's sure. about? Lava. It's yeah. probably okay. lava. Yeah, I think okay. it's the lava. I choose to believe it's lava. It's whatever you so... want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it. Um, Good. Great. <laughs> Mission I, accomplished. Well, yeah. I, I've got thoughts that I'll, I'll say for the post show that I do not want to say here. But that was really something. And I, I want to turn to Genesis to take us away from this moment. <laughs> I am not going to make it better. Oh, no. But okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I see Shepard turning on the sex appeal on Vermeer. Vermeer is a planet where Saren is building a clone army. And the only way to stop this is to nuke the base. So you have to split your human party and send either Ashley Williams or Caden Alenko to travel with a group of aliens to distract Saren and his forces while another group goes to plant the bomb. And then in one of the most debated decisions ever in Mass Effect, you have to choose to either save Ashley or save Caden while you fight Saren. 
can we ask who i mean i think i know the answer who do you save like me personally yeah it depends on the run yeah gotcha it really depends on who i'm romancing i think i saved ashley i thought caden was kind of a a wuss i didn't i never never (laughs) jived with caden maybe i'm wrong maybe it's bold no, it's because Caden is the same voice actor as Karth in Old Republic. Yes, it is 100% that That's more than why. anything. It's it's game-to-game trauma. Sorry, this isn't the question. I'm sorry. It's different. Uh, a great post-show. We can argue about Caden mm-hmm. versus Ashley there. Great. Right. It is time for Todd to hand over the crown of weird boners. Strap in, strap up, and strap on, boys. I'm about to do what I do best and describe a romance culmination scene. Hell yeah. Wonderful. Let's do it. If Shepard were to take the first fight scene and instead go with the idea that the power of Punani can win the day, which, sorry, Andrew, was my nickname in college, not yours, would I see instead of fighting the final evolution of a Jurassic Park velociraptor on his green goblin-like platform disc board, Shepard instead walks out onto the battlefield and begins stripping off armor. No enemy would ever do this, and it catches Saren off guard. He floats back down as Shep begins to reveal more and more skin. Listen to me, Saren. There's always another option. There's always another way. You may want an army, but what I have is even better. And with either a high enough paragon or renegade score, the sight of your toned and tight body, the seductive Productive voice of Shepard and the pure voyeuristic hedonism of fucking in front of two armies while a primed nuclear <laughs> device beeping in the background? It breaks Saren free of his indoctrination. The distraction is long enough that Saren is so intrigued, so enamored, so into Shepard. That after a really good session of vitamin D, he decides to leave the side of the Reapers and joins Shepard's crew on the Normandy. Hell yeah. Incredible. I thought we've been doing this podcast for a while. I don't think we've ever referred to a sex as a good dose of, of vitamin D. And that feels like a real missed opportunity on our part. Yeah. So I I'm appreciative that you brought that. We've dropped the ball here. So we've never al- we've also never referred to it as a sex before. <laughs> <laughs> I can confidently say that this podcast has never oozed anything close to sex appeal. It's oozed sure. some things, but it's never yeah. been sex appeal. Yeah. We've dealt with ooze. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We had it looked at, but we've dealt with it. Listen, I I typed the the next question prompt before any of this happened. Hey, these romance options are obviously major improvements over the source material, so we're running with it. So what we do have to ask, now that this is going to be the face of the franchise, tell us about what long-term impact there will be for your game or your series now that you've romanced this game, boss. Where does it go from here? Andrew. Sure. So when you think about what Seymour's goals are, at least until his whole Achieve God King status inside the Space Whale arc. Right. They're actually pretty aligned with the party up front. He wants to kill off the other zombie popes that run the Church of Yevon, who have created a system of unavoidable mass space whale death that perennially keeps them in power. So, I think with Seymour now in a love thruple with Titus and Yuna, they just do that. 
And more importantly, there's no need for them to do the floating platform train puzzle in Bavel Temple or the Via Purifico, which is this game's water temple, which is the worst dungeon. The absolute like bottom of the bottom of the barrel when it comes to Final Fantasy X. So we're making the game itself better. <laughs> I think we can keep the awesome scene where the party crashes the wedding in the Sky Chapel. But instead of crashing a wedding, they're going to do this as part of a, an assassination attempt on one of the other maesters who gets killed at that point anyway. So, you know, stories line up. We're all we're all set. You put the time stone back just right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after the party takes down the theocracy, they leave Bavel and they camp outside of Makalania Forest. There, Titus, Seymour and Yuna all experience a deeply emotional and highly suggestive scene inside the pond in Makalania where they all <laughs> swim and hug underwater whilst a J-pop song plays for five minutes. Wait, stop, listeners. <laughs> yep, you uh-huh. can't see what Andrew did with his hands <laughs> to, to show you how these bodies are moving and in the water together. you never will. He demonstrated a lovely water ballet. Is That's just for it's, us. It's a, it's a beautiful, glorious... Uh, so we see Seymour kind of like dive, like comes out of the water, and you see the water just running down his weird mole platypus body. And he goes... <laughs> because that's what he does. He, he laughs like, like that during the game. I think that laugh was the worst thing of any of Andrew's answers today. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's his laugh. And it's beautiful. Also, Kamari's there. Remember Kamari? He's there watching the whole time because Kamari watches the whole time when Titus and Yuna bang in the water in Final Fantasy X because all of this happens in the game. I just added Seymour. So it's like Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, but it's Seymour. <laughs> sure. That's pretty <laughs> incredible. It's really good. All right. So let's wrap this up. But by pulling Seymour into the good guys using the powers of love and friendship, Titus and Yuna force him to see the error of his ways, and they all learn together that they can end Spear's suffering once and for all by flying a spaceship into the mouth of the space whale and blowing it up from the inside. Mm. Because, of course, the space whale, say it with me, was actually the avatar of Titus's estranged dad the whole time. A cloaca is a cloaca. <laughs> exactly, Matt. <laughs> and so, when the gang finally kills Titus's space whale dad, they all stand atop of their spaceship to watch the sun rise over a new day in Spira. Titus, Yuna, and Seymour all share a beautiful, thrupalistic em- embrace. And we see Titus start to... A group hug. <laughs> thrupalistic embrace is what I said. <laughs> they didn't. Oh my god! I'm gonna From ask all out. my poly friends how often they group hug now. <laughs> I was thinking the reverse. From now on, from here on out, you just refer to every group hug as a thrupalistic embrace. embrace. <laughs> yeah, everyone, bring it in for a big old thrupalistic embrace. So we see Titus start to fade into ghost particles, even though he's not explicitly dead, but just a dream of a dead ghost boy. But we won't get into the lore of Final Fantasy X anyway. Titus leaps off the ship to become a force ghost like his dad and Yuna and Seymour both shed a tear for the third corner of their love triangle. Fast forward to Final Fantasy X-2 where Yuna, Seymour, Riku, and Lulu go on a fun J-pop adventure to find Titus after a mysterious fear appears suggesting that he still exists. That's right, everybody. This butterfly effect of Seymour breaking good and joining the party means that Lulu and Waka never bond over Waka's disillusionment with the church, and they never get married because he sucks, and that sucks, and it's a terrible way to write off their character. Evil. 
evil because now you brought me back. I hate you so much because you ruined. Yes, oh. that's, that's what he does. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of my brand. It sounds like you fixed the game. I did. No one can argue that I did not. And I, I have <laughs> conflicted feelings about how we got there. Yeah, I've also gotten rid of the third Seymour battle on Mount Gagazette, which is the, the suckiest battle in that game. Mount so. Gagaset, you said? That's correct, Matt. It's where the Ronso live. No, we don't cool. need to do this. Hmm? Matt, okay, so obviously we're, we're, we've done, we're, we are, oh yeah, that's right, you're going to say taboo goo, shit. Um, <laughs> Matt, tell us what the long-running ramifications are of exposure to taboo goo. Well, Todd, you see, Subspace Emissary was never touched on again after Super Smash Brothers Brawl, except in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with the introduction of spirits. See, in Adventure World, or excuse me, in Adventure Mode World of Light, the much worse spiritual successor to Subspace Emissary, Taboo is included, but only as the like spirit type thing and is one of the countless spirits captured by Galeem during his takeover of the universe. The biblically accurate angel. After Galeem's defeat, <laughs> Darkon takes control of Galeem's spirits, including Taboo. I've never played through all of World of Light, and I don't know what that means. But what I do know is sucker's way to unlock characters. What I do know is that we have replaced <laughs> the final boss battle of the campaign mode of Super Smash Bros. Brawl with a choose-your-own-Nintendo-character sexy pose Vogue minigame, and that <laughs> will have lasting ramifications, not just for the game lore, Todd, but for the culture. I think everyone <laughs> That's will fair. feel the effect of a choose-your-own-Nintendo-character sexy pose Vogue machine, kind of the way the world all felt the effect of the, the Bowsette Super Crown thing. So... You Feels like me. these two are not the same, but go on. I don't yeah. I think they're kind of the same. You see, you asked me about the long-term ramifications of exposure to Taboo Goo, and as we have explained, Taboo Goo is the primordial ooze harvested from the bodies of games and watches. So, it, honestly, I don't know what the long-term... Games and watches, the plural, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know... <laughs> the the real answer to the long-term exposure of taboo goo but i can guarantee that people will be top men are working on it. experimenting with taboo goo for years to come it's gonna be like asbestos there's gonna be a settlement yeah yeah you or someone you know may have been affected by taboo goo <laughs> right <laughs> you two could join this wrongful suit incredible and i don't is it well, it's something it's I d listen, I want to I'm trying to tell you I like what you've done in theory. Hey, thanks. I just don't want to ask more questions that make you talk more about taboo goo reasonable. So I'm going to move on to Kyle, who I feel like may not give us better things than taboo goo. Um, actually, Todd, the, the my responses get get wholesome from here. Oh, that's. Quite refreshing. We're, in the, we're the aftercare portion of Kyle's AO3 <laughs> As I said in my first answer, I truly <laughs> believe this is how the Mario and Bowser story was meant to be told from the beginning. It is not a tale of, of man conquering monster, but a, 
a tale of love that had to be shrouded in in metaphor and and imagery to get it by the censorship and culture of the 80s when it came out. I think that if Mario and Bowser had been able to be in an out and proud relationship from the conception of the franchise, I imagine the franchise could, would be able to show them in games together just having a good time. Um, instead of the constant game of like cat and mouse that we see, that is again an extended metaphor for their relationship, we could see them enjoying more recreational activities together. Maybe we could see them, I don't know, racing go-karts. Maybe. Or maybe they would throw extravagant parties for all their friends where they play cute games and have themes and um, give out prizes. Or maybe we could see them enjoy a recreational uh, tennis or soccer or baseball league together. I see what you're doing. Yeah, they could they could compete at the Olympics together. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps, Todd, they could use their dink lifestyle to travel the world and go right. to events like the Olympic Games. Yes. Really, there's just so many ways that like the, the franchise could have gone if these two didn't have to hide their love from the bigoted and backwards people of the early 80s. I thought you were gonna say the Mushroom Kingdom. I thought you were gonna <laughs> you're gonna paint the Mushroom Kingdom as a as a particularly bad. No, this words. is this is a critique of us of society, okay. Todd. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like Mushroom Kingdom's probably pretty progressive, if we're being honest. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> and I don't I don't think now is the time, but I have to think about that. Yeah, Kyle, that is pretty wholesome. I appreciate uh, the way you you took that that out of a nosedive into something real nice. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Nice for everyone. Genesis, what are the long-running ramifications now of this new uh, love option in the Mass Effect universe? So I kind of dicked myself by choosing a trilogy of games, but, (laughs) um, you know, that's fine. In order to not lose the amazingness that is the Mass Effect trilogy, choosing to have Saren on your side by forming an alliance on Vermeer... Well, basically everybody wins and nobody dies. And the Reaper de- invasion is delayed the same as it would have been when you kill Saren, which all sounds good, but this is Mass Effect. It's not all rainbows and unicorn farts. Decisions have consequences. <laughs> Your betrayal of choosing to sleep with the enemy, banging the Turian you've been fighting the whole first game, well, Garrus feels that to his core. <gasps> everyone's favorite romance option (laughs) the best lover in the actual canon game turns his back on you and leaves and now he's actively trying to stop you from reaching your goals he thinks you are indoctrinated alongside Saren and now Garrus is out there trying to stop your efforts so instead of the big Caden Ashley debate you have the Saren Garrus debate (laughs) (laughs) and that changes the whole tree of decisions but it keeps the other aspects of the game the same in the second game you are now trying to convince Garrus that you aren't evil on horizon and in the third game you have the opportunity to finally convince him that you are on the right side of history and that he should rejoin the Normandy so he essentially replaces your Vermeer survivor plotline I this is pretty good. Spend <laughs> two full games trying to prove yeah. to Garrus that I am worth it. I would scrub. I would oh, yeah. save scum that so hard. <laughs> I think you're being very kind to the people that wrote Mass Effect trilogy to say, "Well, I want to keep the 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 through line going because you know they've not always 
been kind to the through lines of decisions having having look it's really hard to write an ending <laughs> it, yeah ending of the game aside they did do a pretty good choice of like some minor decisions uh affecting the final outcome of the game and things like that and i really do think that you know the whole argument of if you kept Saren alive well now he's in two and he helps you advance and you know he's got information on the collectors already that it would help advance the storyline there so it's like additional data that gives you advantages in the beginning and then he's major war assets and he's a biotic turian on top of that which you don't have in a squad mate so i don't know it would be <laughs> a tough rad. choice my heart is torn between Saren and garris and i'm not even playing this game <laughs> so this is all very good what we've been given today and i do have to make a decision but before that i've got a super secret bonus question so we have made your games and people love the games however the internet as they tend to be they're mad about this change but not for the reason that you think the internet actually shipped your protagonist with a totally different character from your franchise so what i need to know is who is that character and how will our game designers work that character into a future release or a DLC update for this game series now? And I'll get that answer after this break. Hey, guys. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Do you want to know what I did the other night? Less now with that tone of voice you have. Yeah, our pregnant pause makes me think no, but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to do it anyway. So my wife is out of town. A great start. <laughs> yeah and it was saturday night you know how it was like seven eight o'clock just got dark so i was like hmm i uh you know put on some candles opened a bottle of wine closed the blinds and i shaved my balls <laughs> <laughs> go on <laughs> i shaved my balls and it was great it was oh, quite God. the experience Shaving my balls is always such a uh, tenuous and tedious task. How did you make a full evening activity out of it? Well, one, I would recommend opening a bottle of wine. Alcohol and and sharp I objects around my junk is um, not my idea of a good shave time. My balls drunk. I'm constantly worried about nicks and snags. Well, I'm not saying drink the whole bottle, <laughs> you monster. <laughs> so before I continue talking about my dick and balls <laughs> i do want to note that support for debate this is brought to you all today by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels that rhymes yeah it does it sure does the reason why i lit some candles and poured a glass of wine was because uh they sent us lawnmower 4.0s and uh i really enjoyed my experience with the lawnmower 4.0 which was this part was not meant to be as sexual as it is coming but i'm going to keep mo i'm going to keep going you're going to keep mowing <laughs> i'm going to keep mowing but for real though so i i used the toner the ball toner and i out loud completely unprovoked in a completely empty house yelled <laughs> my dick smells like sandalwood <laughs> why did i do that I don't know. I had been drinking, but maybe it was because that ball toner smelled so goddamn good. What I'll add is as a longtime personal user of Manscaped products, I bought my first uh, trimmer in 2017 and the fourth generation lawnmower 
It's real good. It's got that good advanced skin safe technology. It, it you know, keeps you from getting as many nicks and snags and and helps with ingrown hairs. It's it's a great little tool for your tool. family jewels. I feel like that joke's already been made. For yeah. your most precious content. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> Manscapes performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you and everybody else listening to me and my three best friends talk about our balls. 20% off. Best friends is a little much. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Three people <laughs> I know talking about our balls. That's better. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code debate this all one word at manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. That's a lot of nards. It's a lot of balls. And they all smell like sandalwood. Right. <laughs> and we're back. As a reminder, uh, the internet, they are happy with the game choice that you've made to, to take the, the game in this direction. However, they're not happy with your love interest. They've shipped a different one. So who is that character the internet has shipped your protagonist with? And how are we going to get them into a future release? We'll go ahead and start with Andrew. Sure. So there is a rumored Final Fantasy ten three which already sounds not like nonsense. Wait, Andrew, is this is this a bit? No. Are you being real? No. No, no, no it's uh, real. Yeah, it's this is legit. It never happened and people still <laughs> think it's going to happen to this day. Now there's a lot of theories on like what it actually is, but in this particular now I'm doing it a bit. <laughs> now what we know is dot 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 one of the other things that came out of Final Fantasy X 2 is a throwaway line that maybe suggests that Final Fantasy X shares the same universe with Final Fantasy VII, which until that point was like pretty unheard of. These are all the Final Fantasy games are supposed to be like their own universes, aside from the ones that are direct sequels, which is why they're direct sequels. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. <laughs> so Final Fantasy X 3, the core mechanic is in the trailer release is Ascending from the heavens, we see a shadow, and all, and the background music, boom, 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 banner, 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 banner. That is the theme song for Sephiroth, who is Final Fantasy's other shirtless god king himself, holding a big old stupid sword and ha and, and also having anime hair. And Sephiroth comes down with his one wing because of the Tetsuya Nomura designed him, and uh, we hear. And then he and Seymour just fucking bang. They just bang. They just, huh? they just bang. Yeah. The whole game is just uh, Seymour and Sephiroth team up, and uh, they're just two sweaty dudes <laughs> with big anime swords that you got to fight because everybody loves Sephiroth. That's my answer. It's Sephiroth. We can move on. We don't need to unpack that. People would buy that game. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it already exists. I'm sure I could find 20 different clip arts of, of that so their hair mingling together looks really really pretty in my head <laughs> yeah <laughs> the latest iteration of sephiroth in like the remasters and the final fantasy 7 remasters his hair is so long it goes down to like his ankles and he's got this like long silver hair something artsy will be done with that yeah you don't have to like it he rarely is wearing a shirt it's fun two shirtless guys yeah Ian Bros. Shameless guys with just extreme hair. Exploding planets and smooching. <laughs> and really big swords. Really, Real big really swords. Big yeah. swords. Yeah. Not subtle. 
Yeah. Well, Seymour has a lance. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> different, but not wrong. A big lance. Okay, Matt. So, Todd, I'm sure that everyone on this call has played at least one Super Smash Brothers game, and you're probably thinking to yourself, look, I know who the boss of Super Smash Brothers is. It's Master Hand. How the shit haven't we talked about Master Hand? Well, you see. <laughs> How the shit haven't we? <laughs> Master Hand belongs to our iridescent, shiny, subspace, sad boy in, in kind of like a... Kind of like a subby puppy sort of way. See, Master Hand is controlled by. <laughs> I didn't like subby puppy. I didn't like that. Golden chains of. Matt's light opened up Urban Dictionary now. He's moved the whole game. And I'm pretty sure the internet would love to see a tattoo goo hullabaloo between Taboo <laughs> and Master Hand. Somebody take his mic away. <laughs> Matt, the real ones know it's Crazy Hand. Yeah, well, Crazy Hand wasn't in Subspace Emissary, so, you know. Yeah, Kyle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Got Crazy me. Hand was too askew to produce tattoo goo. Tab, tab, goo. <laughs> tattoo. I'm, I'm lost in my word of, uh, lost in my page of words that rhyme with goo. Somebody turn his internet off. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, great. We, yeah, please, Jen. No, I'm broken at the master <laughs> hand being the, the, the puppy master. Oh, my God. The, 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 subby, the, the subby puppy. The subby puppy. Yeah. The subby puppy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Said no, that it's bad. Said that with my mouth today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle. How do you, like, this Live time like yourself? these... <laughs> no, well, that it's times like these that make me want to do. Uh, what is that Jim Carrey movie in 20, 2003 with Kate Winslet where they erase his memories? Oh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Yeah, I would Mind. like to, I would like to Eternal Sunshine myself <laughs> from this night. Yeah, we all we're all leaving mm -hmm. this podcast a little different mm -hmm. than we entered into it. Everything our, changed. our friendship has changed. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, what do you what do you got? And do you have to promise that you're not going to say subby puppy? I I will not say that say. five times fast. <laughs> I will I not. Won't. So, Todd, Mario franchise is a long-standing franchise. As such, we we are aware the fans have shipped Mario with just about everyone besides Bowser and including Bowser. But Mario in the fan space has been shipped around, so to speak. However, I regret to tell the fans that this is a story of true love. This is not smut for smut's sake. This is two <laughs> men finding each other in a lost world. So, unfortunately, we are not breaking Mario and Bowser up so that fans can, can have their ship. What we will give them, however, is Mario's brother. Luigi is not tied down and therefore is free for fans to explore all the potential uh, relationships that they want to with the other Mario brother. Um, and that is why, Todd, we will be remaking and changing drastically Luigi's Mansion. I thought you were going to say Bowser's inside story, and I got a... <laughs> <laughs> oh... Uh, save I'll save it for the post show. I I couldn't find a, a good spot for a Bowser's inside story joke. Reasonable. Yeah. It's probably for the best. <laughs> a, a small amount of restraint goes pretty far in this topic. 
Luigi's just gonna be banging ghosts. Everybody, go ghosts and just the whole oh, cast. Oh. The whole cast of Mario. Everybody's is coming through. Every- uh, Gino, like, Gino's gonna be in our our. Okay, uh, no, that's not <laughs> helpful for anyone. Great. Don't train Luigi. That's not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, that was a sentence you said with your mouth. All right, Jen, what do you got? I'm sorry. No, it's uh, it's don't train Luigi is there in the. Those ether. are words. Yep. Yes, the fandom has spoken loud and clear on their preferred Turian romance. As I am part of that fandom, I also choose Garrus. But he is already a romance option in Mass Effect. So I'm going to go with a goddess among mortals. A pure biotic powerhouse. The queen of Omega, Arya Talok. Ooh. Yeah, sure, she's not a permanent squad mate, but Omega is a central hub in Mass Effect 2 and on the Citadel in Mass Effect 3. So there are lots of pick. opportunities to get together mm-hmm. for some downtime between missions. And she's sexy as all fuck and voiced by Carrie Ann Moss. You can't get much better than that. I forgot about that character. I had to look up that character. That, that's She's really cool. <laughs> Can I just sneak an image here into the into the dock? Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm in. That's great. It's also not. It's also not icky, and I appreciate that. No, Arya is very much not icky. I have a lot to think about here, um, but before I make my final decision on what direction these games go, uh, I do just want a closing statement from each one of you. Just just a brief last bit as to why we should commit this sin with the game you've proposed today, starting with Andrew. Yeah, Seymour is totally not gross, and because and you know that because of his sinister theme song and his laugh that sounds once more like this. <laughs> Matt, yeah, Todd, I don't want you to misconstrue. This nope. idea is long overdue, and if you would Stop. take the time to review, <laughs> you might see it's time. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Let's introduce the world to some taboo goo. Hey, sex, he sticks to the landing. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a sticky landing. Our yeah. boy. <laughs> you ever see something start to fall from the from across the room, and you yeah. can't, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's going down, but you can't get over there to All do anything. All you can do is, oh. I think it's that's even what different. I just. We could have gotten up to catch it, and we didn't. We all <laughs> let true. it fall. You let it happen. We all watched it happen. All right, Kyle. Todd, I, I. Just want to say I I want to bring the story of love between a, a man and monster the way it should have been told thirty five years ago. Beautiful, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. All right, Jen. Final final thoughts. Yeah, making Saren a romance option is the best option today. Not only is he a dynamic character with canon external media backstory. But and this is a deep callback here, but his voice actor is the same dude that voices Sweet Tooth in Twisted Metal. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. That's very cool. I rest my case. Oh. Man. Okay, well, while I'm making my decision, I'm gonna step into a less sweaty room to make that decision. A room that doesn't have the same smell as this room we're in. Um, why don't you all go around and give each other some quick good vibes? Matt. Andrew, look at you. <laughs> hey, bud. These these things that you do. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Stop man. it. 
<laughs> I couldn't think of other words. I don't I don't have a list of rhymes up. I'm glad we've had this rendezvous. Hey! Good job. That was good. That was good. Stop. Um, that was really fun. Exploring the lore, the stupid lore of Subspace Emissary <laughs> was a fun journey. And I, we haven't we haven't gotten some batshit crazy Nintendo lore in a minute. So it, it feels yeah. it feels good. It felt good. Kyle. I really like your banana shirt. <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Saren is such a good pool. I don't know why we don't talk about Mass Effect more. It's probably it is one of the best games. And frankly, having to make the decision between this character who I never cared about until tonight and Garrus making that decision be more meaningful than 90% of the decisions that you make in that game in the actual game truly truly something remarkable incredible job thank you Kyle your thing was funny yeah you're fine (laughs) (laughs) Andrew you accosted me with proper nouns this week and I don't want to look you in the eye and tell you that I followed it because that would be a lie. However, Sorry, it's not for you. Um, I, you're right. It's not. None of this was for me. This whole thing isn't for me. But no. what I will say is that at the end, you very clearly explained a way that you fixed the game and made it better. And I appreciate that. So Perfect. kudos to you for that. Jen, I'm going to skip you because I'm going to do Kyle first. Then I'm going to come back around. Kyle, you know you did it, man. You you sure did it. When I when Todd told us what we were gonna do for this episode, and I thought, man, I should do Mario and Bowser. And then I looked at the doc and saw you did Mario and Bowser. I'm happy. Congratulations. Thanks for doing it. It was horrible and I hated every second. Genesis, the ongoing joke of this podcast is that we invite guests who are way more apt to talk about the topic that we are talking about than we do. And I don't know if it has ever been more clear than in this episode here that we were out of our league when it comes to doing a sex as Todd would put it. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you for everything you brought to this podcast today. It was, it was great and much better and more thought out than anything that we constructed. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Andrew, I also got lost in the noun soup that you made today, but mm-hmm. you definitely showed a Final Fantasy character that I can see people lusting over, and yeah. I think I think you did it. When you fixed the game, both people who played Final Fantasy nodded along with you, so <laughs> I'm inclined to believe you did, in fact, fix the game, so good, good job there. Cool. Matt, when... When you came into our Discord chat an hour and a half before we started recording and said, guys, I don't have anything. (laughs) I didn't think your response today would end with five rhymes in a row to land on Tabugu. And yet here we are. So good, good work. You, you, you also did it. Thanks, man. And uh, Genesis, I will echo what everyone else has said you came here you schooled us um we've been out filthed and and thank you (laughs) (laughs) that that, that is such an amazing compliment thank you
Oh, and you guys, uh, thank you so much for having me here tonight. This has been amazingly fun. Andrew, I understood all of your nouns and (laughs) the verbs that you used. So congratulations and good job on that. The idea of a thruple instead of just kicking Titus to the curb. Very well. Very well done. I appreciated that. Matt. I am like the one person out there in the universe who has never played a Smash Brother game. Whoa, crazy. Yeah. So, but when I looked at Taboo online, I was like, that would be my tramp stamp. I love this character <laughs> now and we're going to research him. So thank you for bringing that into my world. And I don't know, I might be able to find a copy of Smash over at my brother's house and we'll go play it or something. <laughs> um, Brokeback Bowser is <laughs> something that is in my head now. Yeah. I have played every iteration of the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers games, and it is very much going to change the way that I play it, but maybe in a good way now. Yeah. So, I hope thanks. so. Yeah. Glad. Glad to. Thank you. I think they're just they're just working through stuff, you know? Yeah. I have made a decision. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> right. I'll just I'll just roll through this. Uh, gonna start, Andrew. It's not you. I um, can't the, believe that I <laughs> I'm not expecting to be first, I, yeah, but no, I'm really okay. upset that I'm last. I'm kind of I gotta agree with Andrew here. I'm shocked that he <laughs> Thank was out you. First. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shatter the 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 fourth wall a bit more. You're all three on the same level, and Genesis wins. <laughs> all right, so well, that's fair. Well, obviously, <laughs> you all collectively brought different ideas that are different. And what Genesis did is Genesis is taking us to a new area in outer space, the Bone Zone with Saren. <laughs> and I can appreciate that because it's special and it's nice. Do you guys think if if they released a game called Mass Effect, the Bone Zone with oh, Saren, okay, do you think it would sell a lot of copies? I would buy it. I think it would, think sell, it would sell out. I think they would find a way to, it would sell out digital copies. They would mm-hmm. run out of digital copies to sell. I would buy the day one DLC. I'm now yeah. Googling the bone zone. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> not put on safe search. Anyway. If there's not a podcast called the bone zone out there, I'm we've sure. failed I'm as a community. Yeah, 100%. Plenty. I'm sure that's a Barstool Sports podcast. Oh, gross. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm ending this. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website at debatethiscast.com. Genesis, once again, congratulations on winning this debate. You, you just schooled us with everything, and thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, one more time, if people want to find you, they want to hear more from you, where should they go? Yeah, so both of my shows are part of the Robots Radio Network. Uh, It is a conglomerate of about 50 different podcasts that are all nerd-based podcasts. There's Resident Evil, Legend of Zelda, the MCU movies, um, the the girls are on there, as well as the Cyberpunk, Witcher, Mass Effect. If you love a video game franchise, there's probably a podcast about that on the Robots Radio Network at robotsradio.net. You can find all the shows on there. But of course, again, my two shows are Two Girls, One Ship about video game romances and then Cyberpunk Lorecast all about cyberpunk. Two Girls, One Ship is such a good yeah. podcast name. You, sh- you, yes. should go, you should go listen to their show. Stop listening to this. Go listen to their show. Yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> We're done. Uh, go listen to their show. 
I, I spent like in the course of a day listening to every single episode that they did about Mass Effect, relitigating like a lot of the characters that I frankly like had not thought about in in a long, long time. It's an incredible show. Go listen to it. And hey, do you have more room in your body for debate this? Sure you do. Go visit patreon.com slash debate this cast to gain access to our Patreon Discord, extra episodes which will include the near-complete Adventure of the Office Drones and Extended Good Vibes, the post-show that we do after each regular episode of Debate This. Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Andrew. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite cloaca on the Citadel, Henderson. (laughs) I'm Matt. Broke. Bone Zone. Woke. Goo Review. Cole. I'm Kyle. Gooigi is still in this copy of uh, Luigi's Mansion, Harper. And I'm Genesis, the girl who says, the cloaca is a cloaca is a cloaca. (laughs) And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the sex swing. Hey. Hey. You did it. You did a post show.